You're not gonna say it Somebody should Let's talk about two time Let's talk about bum one, yeah Asking the questions That nobody could Like where are the bone thoughts And are they in harmony Hey everybody, welcome. Putting this recorder in my pocket. Uh, we're going to do a, a, a cooking show. I say it with a question mark. Um, here's the deal. Apparently at some point in the recent past, I talked about uh, my dislike for the crotch pot. And how it seems like every time I go to use it, um, it doesn't work the way I expect. The, the end result sucks and i hate it um you know and ironically i guess i think i talked about too how it seems with the crock pot more than any other cooking gizmo or what have you uh if you say that like the crock pot sucks i mean i have never heard anyone you know no one's ever badgered me because i'm like you know i don't really use a stew pot very often I haven't gotten good results. Even like, uh, you know, you have to go to one of those like pioneer woman type things to be like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of cast iron. It's, uh, it's just kind of a lot of work to maintain, to be honest, in my opinion. So never have I gotten those sort of results from this. However, um, I have gotten that sort of results from like, talking about the Crock-Pot. For whatever reason, impugning the good name of the Crock-Pot is like, uh, sets people off. And I don't know why. I don't know if maybe, maybe those of you who had something to say about it felt that, uh, you make good stuff in the Crock-Pot, so maybe, like, me saying it's impossible is like, maybe you're doing it for my benefit? Maybe you're doing it for your benefit. Maybe for you it's like, no, I can't be eating shitty food. That's not possible. One of us is eating shitty food. I tell you that right now. Um, so anyway, I w it was requested of me that I give the crock pot a last shot um, with two recipes. So I guess I will give it two last shots. One is a um, vegetarian chili, which already... To be honest, you know, I'm a little little wary of. Um, I'm going to start chopping onions, just so you know. Uh, I'm a little wary of just because, uh, you know, vegetarian chili to me is like uh, abstinential sex or something. It's like those two things don't really make sense together. Um, if you asked me what I like about chili, I'd be like, well, you take you take your onions and your celery and your peppers, you cook that in bacon grease, and it's damn good. But, you know, whatever. On the other hand, I reckon chili probably makes an okay vegetarian dish just because uh, chili has so much stuff in it that you don't really know what you're tasting. And um, it's got... Uh-oh, this onion's not looking too hot. Shit. We're going to have to have this recipe. This is not going to go well. Um, anyway, chili has so much stuff in it, right, that you could kind of, like, sneak something in there. It, I wouldn't really like chili with broccoli in it, but I think it would probably be okay. I think it'd be tolerable. Just because, you know, it's chili. Like... What's the difference, right? Everything just kind of absorbs and whatever. Now, this first recipe also has one of the things I do not like about crockpot recipes, which is basically you cook everything in the pan first. <laughs> so, which is, this is one of my main complaints about the crockpot, is that uh, if I'm going to cook everything in the pan, you know, I, I want the crockpot to be dump it and forget it. 
I wish that rhymed, but it doesn't. Sorry, not everything has a clever rhyme. But I wish the Crock-Pot was a little bit more, uh... You know, just just did it. Just I didn't have to do all this shit. Because, uh... That's the, that, for me, is the whole appeal of the Crock-Pot. Right? Is the, um... Dump it and forget it. Now, if you're one of the two people who sent me these recipes, I don't want you to feel like I'm crapping on you or something. Um, I've had this discussion with many, many people. You are not alone. Um, I am. I am the one who doesn't like the crockpot. You know, including Poonmaster Flex, who's like. I don't know, it just seems like you have bad luck with it. And she's like, but you like that stuff I made in it, right? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I did. But, you know, it just it's, doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, um, the cooking in the in the pan that then goes in the crock pot is one of my primary complaints about the crock pot. Because I think the crock pot, to me, was a promise of, uh, it's like a future oven. You know, you just dump all the ingredients in, and what comes out is food. Um, the crock pot does not make good on that promise whatsoever. The crock pot is like, no, no. You gotta cook it first, and then dump it in here. But it's not just the, like, broken promises, broken dreams of the crock pot that I don't like. It's also that, uh, you know, if I cook everything in the pan, I'm like 90% there. I've done 90% of the work. I got a pan dirty. You know, I've done, basically cooked the thing. So why am I cooking the thing? And then I'm like, and now I'll just let it cook real slow for like eight hours. <laughs> I mean, I think another, an eight hour crock pot recipe is like a 45 minute on the stove recipe in my experience. So that's like one of the, the main complaints I have about the crock pot. And that seems to be the case with this recipe as well. But I'm still going for it. Alright. Oh, see, and then also, so this has cauliflower in it. Um, so I have to... I have to cook the onions. Um, and the, like, spices together. And I have to boil the cauliflower briefly in uh, salted water and drain it. So now I've got a pan. I'm going to get out a pot and fill it with water. Like, come on, man. What the hell? What hell? This, to me, is just like pushing the limits of uh, reasonability is what I'm going to call it. Because why? Why do I have to boil... I have to boil this cauliflower? It's not Eight hours is not enough time for cauliflower to cook. In what world? What is happening? All right, I have to wash a dish in order to do this. I don't know what this sounds like. It probably sounds horrible. I don't know how they mic some of these shows. Like, a lot of people watch Chopped or something, and I'm sure they're... Whatever, but I always like uh, watching it, wondering like how they do the production. You know, I'm like, where? How do they mic this? How do they mic the the people and not the uh, the stoves and shit? You know, and they'll get a grill sound in there, but only when they want it. It's not like you can't hear the person because they're you know using a sink, like is happening to me. I need to I need to call Chopped, I guess, the producers, and be like, I have a question, and they're probably like, oh, you want to meet Ted Allen or something, and I'm like, no, no, I want to know, how do you how do you mic stuff so that it doesn't get all fucked up? And maybe some nerd works there who's like, well, that's a really interesting question to me because, you know, I'm a nerd. Who cares about that stuff? Okay. I could have swore this wanted me to have, oh, a green bell pepper, okay. I am changing the recipe slightly. I don't like green bell peppers. I prefer red or like orange. I don't know what those are. Are they yellow, orange? Uh, green is on the bottom of the list for me. I find those mushy and uh, the flavor is muddier to me 
where the, the red is a little crisper and has a more um, clean, distinct flavor, in my opinion. That's Food Thoughts with Pete. So we'll start that boiling. We'll chop up a pepper, I guess. Because, you know. God forbid the Crock-Pot have a built-in uh, slap chop that could do that kind of thing. Now that's probably asking too much, right? But, it's you know, it's never asking too much to desire for something to be true. Um, I always say that. You can always want something to be true. It doesn't mean that that you're a bad person to wish. I make wishes. Okay. Food food shows must be harder than they look. I bet food shows like I bet everybody's uh, thinking, "Oh, I could be Guy Fieri." You know, that's easy. Who fucking? How difficult is that? But then if you actually had to get down to it, you'd be like, what else do I have to say about a hamburger? I mean, this is a particularly large burger, but I mean, so is every other hamburger we've ever had on this program. So, you know, how many times, how many times do I say that? How important is that for me to point out? <laughs> um, the other recipe I'm going to make is a Brussels sprout recipe which does not go for like eight hours. Um, I was told by the person who sent that one in that the key to it in fact is to not go for the length of time that it specifies which makes sense to me because eight hours of slowly warming a Brussels sprout let's put it this way if you take Pete and throw him on a bus and just slowly warm him for eight hours you are not gonna like those results You'd much prefer the result of a peat in a, uh, let's say, a tanning bed for 10 minutes. They're not going to be good results, either of those. You're not going to like either of them, but you'd prefer the one over the other. I promise you that. Ugh. Just thinking about looking at this audio later, and it's got these, like, whack, whack. I should uh, I should make a knife noise on here that makes it sound like you know I'm a a chef. Okay, there I chopped up the garlic, and there's the other onion. Perfect. What a genius! All right. Well, I guess we're gonna add these onions and peppers to the pan. Oh, <laughs> shit! Probably should have turned that on before I did that. Part of the uh, heating the oil in the pan involves turning the uh, turning the oven or the stove on, but whatever. Can't win them all, can you? All right, let's let's measure out how much of this brock or cauliflower we need. Now, cauliflower is not something that typically finds a uh, place in my pantry. I I don't know. It's weird. It's not it's not bad. I don't I have no distaste for cauliflower. I just don't I've never craved cauliflower. I've never been like, you know it would fucking be awesome right now. Uh I've I've ended that sentence with a lot of foods. And cauliflower is just not one of them. I don't know. It doesn't have much of a a flavor. It doesn't even smell like much really. I just smelled it for fun. Because I was like, I don't think I've ever smelled cauliflower before. By the way, I say cauliflower, not cauliflower. Because uh, Kalima, that's from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and that movie's racist. So we don't, we don't reference it. Um, that's how we roll here at Helpful Snowman. I think I should chop this up a little smaller. This fucking cauliflower. Cauliflower is a very odd texture. It's like a... It is really... Like the packing material of vegetables, isn't it? Like, just texture-wise, I mean, you're holding it and you're like, it's surprisingly light and sort of dense at the same time. How is this possible? What was nature thinking? Like, what is... When nature made cauliflower, what was, like, the idea? 
What were they shooting for? And is this, is cauliflower what they were shooting for? Like, is nature like, yes, we nailed it? Or is, are they like, oh, let me explain the genesis of that. You know, sometimes you see a movie, right? And it's fucking crazy and it makes no sense and it's horrible. And then someone's like, oh, here's what happened. Um, like, if you've ever listened to Kevin Smith's famous Wild Wild West slash Superman movie story, um, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, if you saw Wild Wild West and you were like, what the fuck was that? Um, you can listen to Kevin Smith's tale about the Superman movie. And, you know, the producer, whoever's demand that it have a giant mechanical spider in the denouement. 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 Um, and then all of a sudden, Wild Wild West makes sense. As much as, as, much as that is uh, possible. You know, let's, let's not go crazy and make an assertion like, Wild Wild West makes sense. But um, you can understand how it came to be. You know, it's, it's creation and ultimate existence is like no longer a total mystery if you uh, hear that story. So maybe there's a story like that from nature or God or whatever regarding cauliflower. Maybe nature or God would tell me like, oh, listen, we had to make this thing. Here was the brief we had to make this thing. And then I'd be like, okay. Okay. I guess God wouldn't be doing that because didn't wouldn't in that scenario wouldn't God be making the brief? And like does God have any projects that didn't turn out as intended? I mean, that doesn't seem like very God God-esque, godly, God style, big godly style. Very beautiful Halloween-y appearance. See, this is what you got to do on a cooking show, especially one that's just on podcast. I guess you got to describe it to everybody. <laughs> oh, yes, these orange peppers have a very fun Halloween vibe to them. That's really uh, what you want. You want the color of something you're eating to be described in a holiday term. That's when you know you're headed down the right path. All right, well, here goes the cauliflower. See what happens with that. I'm going to add just a little bit of onion powder because I didn't have quite as much onion as I would like. One of my onions was rotten inside, y'all. We, we had a little problem at the grocery store because uh, we had a big snowstorm and it seems to have fucked up the entire grocery produce situation. So, you know, it's the way it goes, right? Okay. So then I have a bunch of spices to put together. So just get out a little bowl. Mix all that stuff in there. Let's see. Cumin seeds. Does it have to be seeds? Why do they do that? They're always like, cumin seed. And I'm like, eh, don't you just mean cumin? Does it matter if it's a seed? I think I can figure that out. Although, like, I remember when I was a young man starting to cook for myself, I was often confused by things like ground mustard. And I was like, is that, like, the yellow stuff from a hot dog? Or is this, like, a different thing? But I suppose there's not really like a cumin sauce, right? That they call, oh, that's called cumin, and this is called cumin. By the way, I was thinking the other day, um, how many languages fucked up as bad as English in terms of, we called orange the color orange, and we called uh, orange the fruit orange. Now... We couldn't come up with a separate name for those two things. But then I was like, I think other languages did the same thing. So, you know, that leaves me, like, without any idea what to think. 
I don't know who's the biggest idiot. Us or everyone. It's like, oh, we can only come up with one name. How many names are we supposed to come up with? Jesus. Whoever was coming up with names for stuff when they did that should have taken a break. That's a good sign that it's time to take a break. If you're in, like, the name coming up with department of creation. Hey, once you start calling things just the same thing over and over, take a break. Give yourself a few minutes. Really, uh, you know, recharge. Do some, do some meditating. All that stuff. Salt and pepper. Cracked black peppercorns. Well, guess what? This is going to be just pepper. That's not happening. Who do you think I am? I have a pepper mill. Um, and then I... I don't know. Now I understand why pepper mills are gigantic. I think maybe so, like, a waiter can reach to the middle of the t fucking table and be behind you. But also... Because then you can fit a shitload of peppercorns into it, and you don't have to reload the goddamn thing, like, every five days. Oh, man. But, uh, I'm not such a... I like, you know, fresh ground pepper. I'm not really saying it's bad, but I'm not such a person who can honestly say I could tell the difference. I mean, maybe if I, like, stuck them side by side and snorted one up one nostril and one up the other, maybe I'd be like, oh, that seems... That seems pungent. <laughs> All right, let's see. I think this means for me to do some things that it's not telling me to do. This recipe calls for garlic, but I don't see where it tells me to use the garlic. So that's kind of interesting. You have to look ahead here. It's always like uh, you gotta like make the recipe, but then you gotta like read the recipe all the way, because then you know sometimes you'll be looking at a recipe and you're like, well, if I'd known that at the beginning, you know, it says dump in the olive oil, and then it's like take the half of the oil that you reserved, and you're like, I didn't reserve no half of no oil. Who wrote this? Do you guys have, like, one nerd who works there who can do this stuff? No, oh, it does tell me to... Okay. I was wrong. I was wrong. It does tell me to add the garlic. Let's just throw that in. Four cloves. That looks like a good uh, dollop there. Guys, I use uh, jarred minced garlic. I do that all the time. I started doing that because uh, I like I like it. Chopping garlic's pain in the ass. And half the time, I wouldn't, you know, not have garlic. And the other half of the time, I wouldn't use the garlic in time. And it would sprout. I have a, you know, green garlic shoot growing out of a coffee cup on my counter. There's like never, food is never in the right amount, you know? It's never like, oh, I finished this thing the day before it expired. It's always like, ugh, it got all fucked up, man. Alright, I think it's time to add this to the uh, slow cooker. That's another hilarious thing in Chopped and in cooking in general is like a recipe. You know, everyone calls this a crock pot. And I know there's, like, other brands and stuff. It's like a Kleenex facial tissue situation. But I'm just like, you could just say Crock-Pot. Like, who cares? What do you think you're going to get a Crock-Pot sponsorship or something? Like, just let it go. Alright. All my vegetables are in there. I think i got to add some chickens. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This said it was vegetarian, I think. But I'm adding chicken stock. Doesn't this say chicken stock? It does. What the hell? Oh, it says vegetable stock. <laughs> I definitely remember reading this and thinking it said uh, chicken stock. So, you know. That's my mistake. Well, I'm sure this will be fine. Um, for some reason, it's in milliliters. 
How many milliliters are in a uh, ounce? Let's see. We'll just do the quick conversion here. Uh, vegetable stock. Oh, it's three cups. Okay, that that I understand. Three cups, and then it says in milliliters. Are there people cooking in milliliters and stuff? I feel like whenever I watch t Bake Show and shit, they're like three cups of this, whatever. I rarely hear 750 milliliters. Probably because that's a ridiculous amount, you guys. 750 milliliters? What are you, out of your fucking mind? 750. If you're using 750 for like one thing of chili, that amount is incorrect. That amount is like too much. Because like 750 indicates to me that there's like, ooh, 749 would not be enough. Don't use 749. No, 755 would be a crazy amount. You know, that'll screw up the whole thing. 750. That's what you want. People are not fooling me with that. All right, there's my uh, cauliflower. Good. It's like getting to be summer and warm, so standing near the hot stove is so unpleasant. It goes so quickly from being a, a wonderful thing in the winter to being like summer, and you're like, I hate it. I hate being anywhere close to the stove. <laughs> Such a difference the seasons make. This is like officially being an old man talking about uh, talking about weather. Okay, then we got to get these beans drained. Um, I think someone needs to invent a kitchen gadget that's a bean drainer, which sounds like a sexual object, but it's not. Um, I don't know what that is exactly, and it probably already exists, I'm sure. But I'd, I'd probably pay some money for that. I'm of the, um, I'm of the Alton Brown persuasion of kitchen gizmos, which is like, I try to not get any gizmos that do one thing. It's like, I don't have a garlic press. I don't have a, uh, you know, apple corer. I don't have much of those. I do have a rice cooker, though, which is pretty awesome. Now, see, a rice cooker works the way a crock pot is supposed to. Because here's what a rice cooker will do. You put in the rice. Hour, hour and a half later, it comes out. It's perfect. And it tells you how much water to put in for how much rice. Um, also, you can turn it on, like, let's say, before you go to work and come home and the rice is still perfect. So it like maintains the you know fluffy moisture of the rice um, as long as you need it to basically. It seems like someone will find a running rice cooker after the apocalypse and the rice will still be perfect. Um, so it doesn't take eight hours but you can let it run for eight hours if that's more convenient for you. And you just dump it in. You don't have to do anything. That's the, that's the promise I feel is made by the, the crotch pot and uh, where I feel personally offended and let down. Right, I'm going to stir this up a little bit. Um, well, it smells like chili powder, I guess. So that's something. Now we put the lid on and we turn on this switch. It says, and this is another thing. Everything is like, do it on low for a million hours or high for half as a million hours. Um, and that's what I'm doing. Oh man, I wasn't even supposed to put the, uh, the cauliflower in there? What? What? Okay, I was not supposed to put the cauliflower in until the cooking is done. And then I put it in and cook for 30 minutes. God damn it. Well, I guess I... Do I want to try and remove it to be true to the recipe? I guess I will. Damn it, shit. 
Damn it, shit, butts. This is crap. All right, get a little bowl. And we'll just scoop out the cauliflower. This cauliflower is really uh, testing my patience. I guess that's why you have to boil it, huh? Because it doesn't cook for eight hours. It only cooks for like 30 minutes. Only 30 minutes on this cauliflower. I'll get most of it out of here and call it a day. I normally don't have this many mishaps, by the way. If I were listening to this, I'd be thinking, well, yeah, no wonder his shit turns out shitty. He's, like, doing everything wrong, but trying to talk to you and do this at the same time, I gotta admit, I'm a bit distracted. It's not the, uh... You know, it'd be like taking the SATs and doing a podcast about it at the same time. Like, you're probably not gonna score quite as high. Um, I heard on the same day, I heard this news story about a guy who, like, beat the shit out of an old Asian lady and broke her pelvis. And then, uh, we watched, like, a 2020 thing about Aunt Becky and the whole college admissions scandal. And I was like, oh, yeah, prison seems like the same, the, a good place for both of, both of those people. For Aunt Becky and for a guy who stabbed his mom to death and then was released and uh, broke an old woman's pelvis who he didn't even know. Seems like that should be about the same thing. You know what's real fucked up, though, is we're watching this 2020 story, right? And they get the guy who basically is arranging everything. You know, he's the one who talks to the parents and then is like, oh yeah, I got a hookup here and here's what we'll say they're on this team and blah 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 and then uh, they get that guy like the FBI or whatever gets him instead of going uh, after so we're watching this and then they're like so then they used him to sort of bring in the people that he was uh, making these promises to right the parents and I was like hold on when you bust a drug dealer you don't go from the drug dealer to then uh, dealing with the um, clients of the drug dealer, right? You, the, you don't move down. You move up. You go to the distributor. You go to this. You go to that. I, I'm still very confused why uh, they went that way. Or, you know, instead of going up higher into the colleges. Like, th that seems like the true monsters here in my opinion because like if if you're if the point of view is this sort of athletic director who admits people and gives out scholarships and recruits and whatever it seems to me the whole point of your existence and your job or whatever is to like prevent things like this from happening so like why wouldn't doesn't this indicate that whatever that person is doing is not working that they're completely non-functional. Also, it was, um, the, and so I said this to Poon Master Flex, and then like 10 minutes later, an attorney was like, this doesn't even make sense. Why do you go down instead of up? And I was like, thank you. There's nothing better than when you're watching something like that, and someone says exactly what you were saying. Someone's smart. You know, I'm not like that smart. So when someone says something smart to me, or so, someone says something smart that I agree with. I'm like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, I that made no sense to me. And then someone else later in the movie, another smart, was like, I don't understand how this works because there's at least, uh, you know, I don't know, $70,000 that is, like, unaccounted for that the... Um, that the schools have kept. I think it was seven, it must be seven hundred thousand. It can't be seventy thousand dollars. There's a there's a large amount of money that the schools have still have, so they didn't have to give it back, which kind of makes sense because it's like, well, yeah, I guess you don't. Well, who are you going to give it back to? The people who are trying to cheat. But on the other hand, I was like, I mean, shouldn't they have to account for that money? And wouldn't making it right be like giving that money as scholarship money to other students? <laughs> like, 
How does how do they get to keep that and still be somehow the victim? Um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, uh, now I'm moving on to the Brussels sprouts. So I have to go through my uh, Twitter feed because, you know, that's where this is, I think. I hope. Too far. I've gone, this time you've gone too far. Um, pizza rules. Okay. We're close. Maybe I can, uh, yeah, I can go here. Blah, blah, blah. these tweets or this tweet exists anymore I might have a problem I might have a big old problem a B.O.P. your crockpot the people want it oh yeah this tweet was deleted by the tweet author okay well <laughs> I'm gonna try and find it again See if I can find pretty close. I think it's this one. The very best Brussels sprouts ever? Yes, I found it. Okay. So, I live in a two crock pot house. Because I am rich, motherfuckers. Um, now, I live in a two crockpot house because Poonmaster Flex and I, you know, had separate lives, which we combined, and uh, we both had crockpots. You know, this is what's funny about, like, wedding registries now. Because sometimes I see a wedding registry and I'm like, I mean, I know that you already have this stuff. I feel like you got married in the 1940s. Or if you get married when you're like 22, then yeah, it's like you probably don't even own a lot of plates and stuff. I didn't even own any plates when I first moved out. My mom bought them for me. <laughs> I think because, I don't know, maybe because she was like, thank God he's moving out. Or maybe because she was like, I bet this moron doesn't even know that he needs like plates. And she was right. This moron did not know that he needed, like, plates. You know, that was not something I even considered when I was moving out whatsoever. All right. So we got to trim the ends off these sprouts. Basically, this one, now this one's closer. This one's like, put a bunch of stuff in the slow cooker and let it ride. I was told by the person who sent me this recipe to actually use a shorter time than was suggested, so I'm game for that. And also um, to omit the water, and that she uses ghee instead of butter, but that's, that's going above and beyond. That's, I'm not going to be capable. I'm just not capable. You know, I wasn't capable of understanding when I moved out that I, you know, I would need plates. Same deal. But hey, here we go. We'll get these Brussels going. These mussels from Brussels. Funny story, mentioning Brussels. Um, I don't know how many of you know, my brother, Ian, was in the Peace Corps in Morocco. And when he was there, they all thought he was Canadian because uh, he wasn't fat. Um, he's very skinny. And so everyone thought he couldn't be American because he wasn't fat enough. But then also, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was quite popular. There was even like a Van Damme bus. You know, people take these buses from city to city because the country is like big. And basically to get from spot to spot, you just take these bus trips over the mountains. Now, we took a bus trip because where he was, he was in a town called 
Agadir? Agadir? I think. Um, so we met him in Marrakesh. We went to his town. And then we went to a seaside town called Esuera? Esuera? Something like that. Seaside joint. Um, it was nice. But one of the interesting things is like over there, um, they don't like line up for shit. I mean, this includes at the airport. When we got to the airport, we had to stop at the airport in Casablanca and then go to Marrakesh from there, right? So you get to the airport, and, you know, I'm groggy as fuck. I don't know what's going on. None of us, neither of us, me or my mom, speak the language. We're traveling together. And so we get to the airport and kind of start to realize that, like, there's not, we're sort of, like, waiting for the line to form and then get our place in line. And then it becomes apparent, like, there's not a line forming. You just kind of put yourself in the mass and push towards where you're going. And everyone sort of pushes towards where they're going and gets there. And it kind of works. Um, I, you know, I'll say, like, well, I don't know if this is, like, third-wave feminism or 15th-wave feminism or what. Um, I saw, like, an old woman get pushed kind of out of the way getting on the bus by like a young guy who was just like I'm getting on the fucking bus and she did not like remark on it at all like she didn't give him a crusty look or anything so I don't know if that's part of just being an old lady or being a lady or if that's like you know line line um I, it never occurred to me that a line was like a cultural thing but it definitely is a cultural thing Although I think there are some, you know, at the, at the risk of saying that some cultural things are helpful. <laughs> some cultural things are helpful. <laughs> they just, they make sense. I mean, I don't know. Um, but anyway, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels, quite popular in Morocco. Um, they had a lot of stands that sold bootleg DVDs. I don't know, I don't know what every other country is like doesn't seem like there's a huge market for bootleg DVDs in the States, but I will say Morocco is like, bam. And you know, the quality, I'm told, varied greatly. Sometimes you'd get a, a DVD that was just basically a ripped DVD, so it was like as good as the original. Sometimes you'd get the kind that was clearly filmed by someone sitting in the movie theater. And so, like, you know, the movie theater experience is nice. But, like, movie theater sound going into a handheld camera's uh, microphone doesn't deliver the experience um, that you were hoping for. You know what I mean? If, if it wasn't for the fact that this is the only way you're going to see this movie, you would be pissed. But, you know... That's that's the best story I have related to Brussels. Um, I do also really like that John Claude Van Damme played himself, or he played you know a character and the character's twin in a in a movie. I think that really takes some some big balls to be like I'm a talented enough actor to play myself, and or you know I'm a talented enough character to play. A character and that character's twin. I think the only other ones I've seen that, like, um, let's see. Army Hammer played those uh, Winklevoss twins in the Facebook movie. But, you know, that was like, they didn't have to do a whole lot. It wasn't distinct character. They weren't the, the main characters. So, you know, I don't know. That seemed a little easy. Um... Well, Neil Breen, of course, did it. So, you know, that is that is not a strong endorsement, I must say, for the act. If uh, Neil Breen did it, you know, if Neil Breen did it, I think that's a, a sign going the other way, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I got, I was meaning to tell you all, I got an interview... I got an interview. I was interviewed by somebody who I guess is making like a short documentary about Neil Breen. Um, 
So he interviewed me like over Skype or something, and because he found a lit reactor column I'd written about him, because um, and I think I'm one of the few people who's actually seen the, you know, five hour energy, you know, the five hour uh, quote unquote retrospective that Neil Breen did. Um, I can't imagine there are many people who've actually paid for it because it's expensive. And, you know, it's only for the super fans. So he interviewed me and he asked me a bunch of questions. Most of them seemed to be about sort of like how self-aware do you think Neil Breen is, which is none, not. I do not think that Neil Breen is self-aware. I don't, I don't mean... I, here's what's weird. Like, in the interview, he was talking about... Uh, how, you know, in all the stuff he's done, all the research, whatever, he's found that Neil Breen's people, um, people who are in his movies and whatever, are, like, uh, they love him. Like, he's very professional. He's pleasant to work with. You know, he's, like, generally a good guy. Um, which I guess goes against what you might think, right? You might think, oh, God, this guy's going to be crazy. Here's what I think is sort of funny, right? I would assume that Neil Breen would be crazy to work for. I would think he'd be like a horrible person on set, blah, blah, blah. But it turns out the opposite is true. He's actually quite a nice person to work for. He pays everybody. You know, he's not, this isn't like his parents are in the movie. We don't have like an American movie situation where he's kind of like his elderly mother has to put on this cloak and fake fight someone on a bridge in the middle of freezing winter in Wisconsin or North Dakota or wherever they are, Minnesota. Um, he's a consummate professional, and that's what everyone says about him. So, you know, and I gotta believe that people in Neil Breen movies don't have a lot of reason to lie. So it's not like Tommy Wiseau, right, where Tommy Wiseau is a... You know, people know that he's crazy. And, you know, many other people have said, like, yeah, he's pretty crazy. Um, they're like, no, he's, he's a pro. He's a professional. You show up, you do the things he wants you to do, it's good to go. Um, so anyway, a lot of questions about Neil Breen's sort of authenticity and whatever. And, you know, I get some of my opinion on everything Neil Breen, as far as that goes, which is like, I think he's 100%. Authentic. I don't think there's any irony to what he does. Like, I don't think he he thinks that what he's doing is funny. And like Tommy Wiseau is kind of kind of the same and kind of different because I feel I think Tommy Wiseau is you know aware enough of his place in the culture that he's like everyone's making fun of me. So my only option or my best face saving option is to pretend like the room is a joke. And, you know, he's made subsequent things that I think are more self-aware jokes. And, uh, you know, I guess he can just, like, cry at night thinking, everyone thinks my serious thing is a joke. Like, I think in the, in the middle of the night, in his dreams, in the long, dark tea time of the soul of Tommy Wiseau, he's got to be sitting there knowing that he's totally full of shit. By the way, I'm doing dishes right now. This is the part of the cooking show they never show you, but I'm going to inflict on you guys because they should. They really should. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a campaign that everyone should be forced to show their cleanup on their cooking show. Chop should show the cleaning crew like in fast motion during the credits. Um, anyway, Tommy Wiseau is like full of shit. You know, he's telling people that he he did it for funsies or whatever, and that's just obviously not true. But uh, Neil Breen, Neil Breen hasn't really gone that way. He's not gone the route of pretending like he's, uh, oh, I was in on the joke all along. He's never, to my knowledge, never said anything to that effect. <laughs> he really could. I think he could probably convince a lot of people that he's screwing around. Um, certainly the end results would 
would speak to someone who's screwing around as opposed to a serious-minded film filmstress. But uh, he doesn't do it, and I, I respect him for it. I respect him for that very specific thing. There are other things that I'm not as respectful of. Although watching his retrospective... You know, the thing that sucks about the retrospective is it's kind of... He says over and over it's not really like a how-to or something, and it's totally a how-to. Um, and he talks about his creative process and stuff, and the thing that sucks is that his creative process is so normal, um, and his advice is actually not bad. It's really pragmatic. Um, so it makes it boring, because, you know, you, wa you want to see a crazy Neil Breen movie, and then you're like, how does this come to be? But that's not really what he talks about. He's not like, I had the idea for Fateful Findings. I was fucked up on shrooms and then got hit by lightning, woke up in the hospital. I was mummified in crazy bandages, for some reason, on my face. And then, uh, you know, everything kind of just coalesced from there. No, he's just sort of like... You have to make sure to fund your films correctly. Pay people. Feed people on set. <laughs> and you're like, eh. You know, if I was an actor and I'd... And Neil Breen asked me to be in a movie, I might consider it. I might. I would consider it work. You'd be like, well, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get taken care of. Um, I will... I will finally have my answer as to whether some of his actors are actually actors or possibly like Vegas showgirls or something, because he's in Vegas. I guess you could be both, sort of, right? Actress slash Vegas showgirl, but I don't know, I don't know, guys. I don't know, guys, that seems questionable. Alright, food's cooking. So now we just have to wait like eight hours. So I'm just gonna, you know, when you use the crock pot, you really just <laughs> start a timer counting up rather than down, because you're like, eh, it's so long, it's not, I could basically forget about this as long as I remember before I go to bed, there's really no price to pay. All right, so I guess next time I will, uh, I'll let you know about the thrilling conclusion. How were the Brussels sprouts? How was the uh, chili? Quote unquote chili. How were the foods? Find out next time on our thrilling conclusive, conclusive conclusion episode. <laughs> See you next time.